sake, let's take a minute and give it up for podcasts. Am I right? Um, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make podcasts. So let me explain. One, it's free. Two, it literally gives you all the tools you need in order to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is amazing. Um, also, the best part, in my opinion, is that it'll distribute your podcast for you. So you can hear it on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pretty amazing, and you literally have to do nothing. The other thing is, you can make money from your podcast. There's no like minimum listenership required, so that's kind of cool. Um, But yeah, seriously, if you're like into podcasts and thinking about making one, I would check it out because it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, So yeah, go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? Hello and welcome back to Femme Noir. We are a podcast reviewing and analyzing movies written by, directed by, or starring women and discussing their representation pertaining to the industry and what we see on screen. Um, For those of you who just join us, we normally start out with introductions of each other. I'm Serena and got Whitney here with us today. Hello. Um, hello. (laughs) We'll do some movie news or like gossip, things just pertaining to the Hollywood industry that's been in the news lately. talking about some of the things that we watched or maybe saw that we're excited for and then of course we're going to review the movie go over things that work things that didn't work um we're going to play fmf which is a game where we play with the prominent men in the film um basically turning the tables on the idea that like the the friend zone doesn't actually exist and also it's funny because all of us are um are queer and not really into them that much so (laughs) It's just a fun little thing to do. Um, and then lastly, we're going to rate the movie 10 being perfect. Five would be like, wouldn't watch it again, but like I enjoyed it. Maybe if it's on, I'd watch it. And one being should have left it on the cutting room floor. After that, we're going to end off with some recommendations of movies we think are similar. If you like this one, movies, TV, books, maybe. It depends. Um, and then, of course, we'll update you on whatever's going on here at the podcast um so yeah let's go ahead and get started um Whitney do you have any movie news or gossip that you'd like to talk about I have a lot um but what I want to talk about the most right now is Netflix um I don't know if you've heard anything but a couple years ago um they when they were talking about how um, multiple profiles and sharing passwords for streaming services was essentially stealing um, mm-hmm. and everyone needed their own account. Netflix came out with a tweet that said, basically, like, don't worry, we love you. We would never make you pay for separate accounts. Movies should be for everyone type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, come to find out, uh, they, like any other big company who only wants profit and money 
have decided that they're probably going to be the first company out of all the streaming services to um, restrict password sharing. Uh, early 2023, they're going to roll out a new pricing plan for um, people who want to share um, passwords. And essentially what that's going to do is you pay um, a small extra fee so that people who essentially aren't using, I think, the same um, IP address can also use your account. Speaking of which, um, I'm just going to drop this in the beginning of the podcast yeah. this time because but I know also do it it's going to go on pretty long. Um, and, you know, if you don't listen all the way to the end, you'll, you'll hear it now. Um, we launched our Patreon and we are very excited about all of the things that we can do, um, aka merch, uh, having an online community and Discord server where we can like hang out and watch movies together. Um, and we're like, really want to do that, but like, you guys can just sign up so that we can give you access to our Discord. Um, and also so that we can like, you know, just like fund all of these hangouts that we want to have. Like, you wouldn't be paying much. I think the lowest one is literally a dollar ninety nine. Um, but yeah, like it's it's less than a coffee a month, and it quite literally is just like, hey, maybe pitch in for like renting the movie. I don't know. Um, we would really appreciate it though, so that we can keep doing this. Um, and yeah, and like I definitely have stuff that I can't wait to release merch wise. I've made some stickers for anyone that signs up for the episode for today, um, the Candyman episode. You guys will get fun um Halloween-esque stickers that I designed and I'm really excited about. So you should definitely head on over to our Patreon. We'll have the link in our podcast description. If you're on YouTube, it'll be in that description. If you're listening, um I don't know, and you like aren't on able to like see that, go ahead and check out our Instagram or our TikTok. It's also in those bios as well. Um, so yes. Um, now we will continue. I'm sorry, I really had to do that because, like, almost for the four, you know? <laughs> those those stickers are really cute. I've seen them, um, and they're absolutely adorable. I'm so, so excited. Yeah. I'm, like, half of me is just really proud that, like, I made them. Like, like, like they actually look cool. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I do have the bad experience, but, like, I've never made a sticker before. And then I was like, well, how's this going to work? And, like... I mean, you've got better design design experience than I do. I like I I I've got movie journals, um, and I drew like little candy in the corner of my movie <laughs> journal for this this movie, and it vaguely looks like candy. So, <laughs> you know, I think I made one that's our word work um, for a little podcast, but like it's dripping blood, um, and then I also made one that's in a bat. Like a, like a squeaky little bat creature. Which is just... I haven't seen that one. I want to see that one. Yeah, it's, I'm like excited. Anyway, continue with your movie news. Um, oh, a big thing that um, I've been seeing a lot on TikTok is um, Marvel, Marvel VFX artists are oh, yeah. pretty much just like running away from Marvel. Yeah, um, like it's a lot of work. We don't get paid yeah. enough. Well, I know. So I know Marvel's part of Disney now, and they mm-hmm. they have been for a while. Um, but 
Disney has always kind of like been known within the industry to just be a terrible company to work for. Um, <laughs> like people have called it like Mouskowitz because it's just bad. terrible. Yeah, it they work you to the bone. Basically, the VFX artists are saying, you know, you have us editing movies literally up until the day that they're released. Um, you're not paying us enough. We don't have enough people on the project. Uh, we're getting half, um, half-baked ideas, so we can't give you what you want. You, we're changing the story after you've already filmed it. Um, mm-hmm. And lots and lots of people are just n- refusing, essentially, to work for Marvel. Um, and it's funny because so many of the, um, the Marvel shows that they've got on Disney Plus right now one of the biggest yeah well one of the biggest uh complaints people have is the the vfx um, effects are which is a huge reason why people didn't watch she hulk because they're like oh Mm. like the effects are like really bad the cgi is terrible and i was just like honestly i could get past that because like everything they have cgi to be honest and like i keep up with the news so i knew that like a lot of the artists and vfx people were like quitting which is kind of funny but also i'm just like i don't like cgi in general like i do really like the practical effect thing so like when people pull it off with like makeup and like you know props and everything like i get really excited and it's just like like i watched black adam um the other day which like just came out and i have to be honest like if people aren't just as mad at the character design for like the villain devil person or the freaking like they like rise up these like skeletons that are supposed to be like the dead mm-hmm. they look so dumb and i was like if people are mad at she hulk they better be just as pissed with these it's so i like i'm not mad at the people who are criticizing the fact that the um special effects are bad um it's like it's because, not that bad well because it it is but um i think what people need to to do is they need they do need to stop recording or um CGI uh, things. <laughs> yeah. Well, they need to stop complaining about the CGI and the special effects, and they need to start complaining more about the worth work conditions that the artists are in and that they have to operate under. Um, because this isn't something that just started with um, Marvel. It's been going on since for for years. Um, mm-hmm. The VFX uh, industry has been exploited. Immensely. Um, the first time I was aware of it was um, Life of Pi, mm. which is an absolutely gorgeous film. It's one of my favorite films. Um, depending on the day, it's probably my third favorite. Um, beautiful film. Loved the book, too. Couldn't put it down when I had to read it for school. Um, but when they won an award for the special effects the what the like head special effects guy got up on stage and kind of started going off about how badly the special effects industry was treated the vfx industry and they played him off stage like they started um playing the i think it was the jaws music over him and like shuffled him off stage real quick so that oh, he rude. wouldn't make it political yeah well like even if you do watch the oscars a lot of times like they don't give as much streaming or like airtime to the folks that do like vfx and like special effects yeah those like you generally hear about those before people even start watching Mm -hmm. like those are released like earlier in the day Mm -hmm. 
And so, yeah. like, even if they have a speech or something to, like, say, like, because I've heard of other, like, in the past couple of years of, like, VFX teams that have, like, won Oscars being like, yeah, like, it's not great. Like, nobody cares about the VFX people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, they've said it, but it's like, oh, maybe it gets shown on, like, one clip on Twitter. And then it's, like, forgotten yeah. within all of the rest of the Oscar buzz. And so it's kind of like, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I want to say it's partially, it just depends on the films that have been nominated that year. But, I mean, it also happens more often than um, I think people realize Mm -hmm. with um, that category. But just with so many others, too. Um, I think one year uh, that I noticed it, there was, um, I was really looking forward to the the costuming uh, award to see who got it. And I really, really wish I had remembered the film I wanted it to go to, but it didn't win. Um, but they didn't even air it. Um, and I was like yeah. really confused because I had watched a whole bunch of categories. I just didn't care about at all. Um, just waiting for the costuming category and mm-hmm. they just never had it. So by the end I was kind of grumpy because, um, that's all I was looking forward to for that, that year. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting, just the industry itself, just, like, because mm-hmm. it's, like, those things are the things, that, like, everyone will tell you, like, oh, it's the story, blah, 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 and it's, like, okay, yes, but, like, that stuff, like, the character building, character design, the, like, mm-hmm. set building, set design, all of that stuff, like, is what makes the story work. That's what brings it yeah. to life on screen. Like, yeah the actor does a lot but like a lot of that has to do with like how the makeup department make them look how they're dressed like all of that stuff like is so integral to mm-hmm. how the overall thing ends up looking like you can't do that with cgi it's not the same <laughs> like, it's just no the, the only so, time i would like, argue that it's have the same have that is much for recognition Benton. is like mm-hmm. ridiculous yeah um but yeah, it's it's something that if you're interested in special effects, if you're interested in CGI, visual effects, um, look more into that. Look into all the different controversies because um, it's not even just, um, like I said, with the Marvel burnout, mm-hmm. um, the Life of Pi one was they were outsourcing all the work to, at the time, Canada because it was uh, cheaper. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of the... Um, United States artists just were getting laid off. They couldn't find work. Um, and they just felt really mis mistreated by their companies. Um, now with the Marvel, um, stuff, I hear that a lot of that work is going to, um, China. So, uh, abuse within that specific part of the industry Mm. is bad. Um, has been bad and it's getting a lot more of a voice. Um, Mm. And it's just, it's, it's unfortunate, especially because, um, Hollywood has always just been corrupt. There's been abuse, um, and people taking advantage of, uh, people wanting to just be a part of the industry and people get burnt out and they leave and they have so many bad experiences. And with that specific part of the industry, just with visual effects, CGI, um, it's fairly new in the history history. of Hollywood. So you'd think that they'd be able to um, keep it up, to have a good work ethic, to have standards Mm -hmm. um, and stuff. Uh, But they just, 
they don't because Hollywood just chews you up and spit you out. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's a strike that goes on soon. Yeah. But, I mean, there's already been so many within, yeah. like, a lot of the film unions. Like, I remember when I was working on um, a Netflix uh, reality show, they, like, we had one day where they ended up hiring a couple people um, when they were off-season, so they weren't doing union work. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, everyone was like, yeah, so, like, how's it going for you? How's it going for you? And like, I don't know. I think we're striking. Like, all of that stuff. So, it, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, but those were the big things that I wanted to talk about. Do you have any um, big news to talk about? Um, not movie related, not really. Uh, that was pretty much what I also was seeing um, in my news feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Wait, I lied. Sorry, I have one very, very brief thing. Um, the AMC Nicole Kidman, uh, beginning sequel. Yeah, it's getting a sequel. I'm I'm super excited to see what it's gonna be because the first one's kind of like eerie, but like awe-inspiring. So I really hope they keep up that AMC theaters. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that they keep up uh that that same kind of tone. That's so funny. Like I love that that is a, like was just taken by the internet because like not it's like such a specific thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's not like it's like a commercial that like just comes on cable that like everyone can see. Like you have to go to a very specific movie theater and get that trailer. Like, mm-hmm. that's so funny. <laughs> anyway, um, well, I kind of talked a little bit about some of the stuff that I watched last um saw but i definitely went on like a like a binge i guess i literally watched all of the screen movies this past week <laughs> um and i have to be honest like wow the first scream is amazing that's just like point blank like it's amazing um mm-hmm. the rest of them eh it's fine. Like, they definitely, like, justify their reason to exist as far as the story goes. And, like, it's fine. Like, whatever. Um, I've only but, seen like, the first one. But, like, if you haven't seen the first one, you should definitely watch it. It's so good. I think we should talk about it at some point because it's so good. Um, I'd have to rewatch watch. it. I mean, I saw it, like, years ago at a sleepover type of thing. Dude, it's so good. All like, right, I forgot right. how good it was. Okay. <laughs> Um, I rewatched Bodies, Bodies, Bodies because that one's just like amazing. I think we actually bought it because it's so funny. Um, I watched a lot of horror actually. I watched um, <laughs> I watched the first Exorcist, which talk about practical practical effects. Like wow, they did amazing, and that child actress, like my God, she's terrifying. Um, I wasn't like scared though. Because, like, I hadn't watched it. I hadn't seen The Exorcist. For some reason, I thought I had. And I think I was just thinking about one of the other random horror movies that everyone's like, you need to watch it. So maybe it was, like, mm-hmm. The Conjuring that I'd seen. I don't know. But I watched The Exorcist and then realized I'd never seen The Exorcist. And then was like, well, this isn't new to me. But at the time period, because it came out in, like, the 70s, like, yeah. holy crap. They really did such a great job with, like, the the freaking effects. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Like the row up and like her head turning around. Like they mm-hmm. did such a good job. I was like, that looks better than half the stuff we see today. <laughs> yeah. It's, I call it the Jurassic Park effect. Yeah. It's um, like really good. Yeah. Where it's so, just yeah. where you're so limited on what you can do in post that you figure mm-hmm. it all, all out on set. And then you get these really cool effects like the head spinning and the throw up. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I like to do personally. Like whenever I make movies, I like doing the like, let's figure out how to make it look real like in person and then like you know do what I can in post later but I hate doing things in post Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna always try and do it like in person yeah (laughs) um like while we're filming uh but that's just me and then oh is there anything else that you watch because the the other stuff that I watch would actually transition us right into the movie that we're talking about today um I've I've watched a lot. Um, I, w- I watch movies um, and TV shows when um, I'm working. Uh, I know, I finish so much. But the the only thing I can think of right now is The School for Good and Evil. Um, and I, I've heard, I actually thought it was going to be a TV show, and I was really surprised when it turned out to be a movie. Um, no, okay, me too. I thought it was a show, and then like the it like came up on my Netflix thing, and it just said play. So I was like, wait, that's mm-hmm. like kind of weird, though. Because mm-hmm. normally if it's a TV show, it's something different. So I was like, is this not a TV show? And then I clicked on it and I was like, this is a movie. Oh, no, I fully hit play thinking it was a TV show. And then like halfway through, I'm like, did it? Is it just like seamlessly really going into the next episode? <laughs> like, did That's I miss funny. something here? Um <laughs> And then it happened again about like three fourths of the way through. And then that's when I checked. I'm like, oh, wait, this is a movie. Um, but I actually really like that. It's very on the nose um, about what it's trying to um, do and say. Uh, but it's 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 good. It's fun. It's lighthearted. Um, so if you've got time, I recommend that one. Yeah, I was like, there's a lot of big name actresses in that one, too, mm-hmm. which I was surprised. I lied. Yeah. I watched a lot more than I said that i did i actually watched um i know what you did last summer like the, oh the original God. one i think that was the second horror movie i ever watched <laughs> i watched that one um and i also watched um all of hill house and oh yeah half of bly manor again um and then i watched the newer show that he has or is like a part of mike flanagan um the Midnight Club, which oh. is like great. I'm gonna be honest. Like that's it's good. It's good. I I'm burnt out on spooky. I can't do spooky or horror or scary. I'm <laughs> I'm done. I this, like is, this is my it. least <laughs> this is my least favorite time of the year. I am a big old scaredy cat. I spooky stuff makes me feel uncomfortable, especially supernatural horror type of stuff. Mm. Can't do it. I'm done. I liked I'm not messing Midnight with it. Club more than I thought I was going to because I wanted it to be more like scary, if that makes sense. But like watching it, it's definitely more like like it's not um it's not scary for like scary sake. Like all of the stuff that is like mm-hmm. creepy or spooky is like told from the like point of view of like the kids because essentially it's like this group of kids that are all like on hospice and Mm -hmm. so they all meet up at midnight in like the library and tell each other like ghost stories basically because in their like and they say this in the in thing is that 
like making stories is how they keep each other alive and like oh and like how they're gonna continue on after they're gone and so all the like ghost stories are just based on their like actual lives and just like manifestations of like how they process like their situations and so it's like a lot less scary um and then like each like kid for every story that they tell they have like a different like style and so like if you were talking about like the idea of like horror um they still kind of do like the subsections of that which is also like sci-fi horror and like like mystery horror which is just like oh there's like someone was murdered and we have to figure out who it is and if Mm -hmm. we don't like we'll all get murdered so they do like the murder mystery thing they do like the um they do the uh like southern gothic like witch thing they do Mm -hmm. the sci-fi like oh no are we gonna be taken over by machines type thing like it's it's pretty neat um so i would definitely recommend watching that there's not like i thought there would be more jump scares but there are not that many the sorry don't like scary stuff i think you would like it (laughs) you you actually reminded me of a conversation i had with my physical therapist um because we were we we were talking about movies because I was wearing some movie related t shirt that I probably got from like the theater, and um, uh, he he was talking about how he likes the supernatural scary movies, the horror stuff because it's not real, so you know it'll never happen. I'm like, oh, I'm the opposite. Like because I that know it'll never happen. Real. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, I agree. Yes, I've lived in a haunted house. I can most definitely agree that it's real, and that's probably why I don't like spooky stuff. um but uh i told her i'm just like no you like you know the real stuff doesn't scare me as much as the the supernatural stuff yeah at least Um, the real stuff i can fight against well yeah (laughs) yeah and that's that's essentially what i told him and he's just like well no like the real stuff is more scary because like that could just that could just happen and i'm like yeah i mean like what like what are you talking about And he's like well imagine like you're just at night walking around and someone like kidnaps you and Dude, I looked at him just like that's an everyday during the day. I was to fear. another person about that. They were they were watching Hard Candy and they were like, "Yo, you should watch this movie, Hard Candy." And then I watched it and I was like, "Yeah, like that was pretty good." Like I I wasn't that scary though. And he's mm-hmm. like, "Dude, it freaked me out." Like she like straight up like like cut the guy's balls off. Like he just like got straight castrated. Like surgery. yeah, he was like, "That's so scary." And I was like, "Is it?" Like, is that scary yeah. to you? He's like, yeah, because, like, the way they did it, like, that could actually happen. I'm like, that could happen anyway. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, I don't well, know. It, and then I literally said, I was like, maybe I'm just desensitized because, like, every horror movie is just, like, a woman getting brutally raped and murdered. Yeah. And so I was just kind of like, oh, that's scary for you? Like, I guess now you know how it feels, huh? Yeah. Interesting. And then he immediately was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I never thought about it that way. And I was like, well, <laughs> dude, I wish, I wish my doctor had that moment. He didn't like, I w- I tried to like, because, you, you know, because he was doing his job. I didn't want to like, you know, get up on a soapbox. I wanted to focus on, um, <laughs> you know, what I was there to do. Um, but like, I tried to, I tried to ease him into it. You know, the fact that uh, essentially a woman's everyday horror isn't going to be the same as a man's because a man's hardly in danger where it's a woman's always on her guard. Um, <laughs> And it just, it went right over his head. That's why the supernatural stuff scares them. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> the supernatural stuff, I don't know if anybody's ever noticed, is almost always directly tied to a woman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, witches? You don't like witches? You don't like 
the Ouija board? You don't like the nuns? Hmm. No, Ouija boards. Ouija boards are my number one. If there's a Ouija board involved yeah, no, in any way, no, I'm out. I'm, <laughs> I'm gone. sorry. Look, I got family from Louisiana, like Creole blood family, not touching that. <laughs> oh, I get on my dad's side of the family, on my dad's side of the family, the Syrian side. Oh, we've uh, got, uh-huh. No. Nope. Mm-mm. Which also I thought was funny when I watched it just because I was like, why is this, like, why did the movie just start out and like, a different country like why was he just in a different country and like I, stealing artifacts so i was like bro <laughs> and problem number one tie into the rest of the movie oh okay i've never <laughs> like, what? so because because i can't do that because i'm just i just don't want to watch it that's not my genre there's no way i'm going to watch it um i've never seen any of the exorcist stuff except for one of the conjurings that I accidentally watched because I didn't, I guess, realize what it was or someone had started it and then I sat in on it. Mm. Um, and then by the time I realized what was going on was happening, I it was too late and I didn't want to, I like I, free, I, like, I had a reason for not leaving, which basically boiled down to I didn't want people to think I was as, as big of a scaredy cat as I thought I was, or that I, I am. Mm. Um, so I toughed it out, but it was it was rough. And I'm never doing that again. Next time I'll just take the scaredy cat route. Um yeah. except I couldn't for this movie for yeah, Candyman. No. This Which, is okay, so Candyman like Candyman hits on my second biggest. Oh, my number one dislike for this film is that it was too scary. LOL. It's literally at the top of my dislike I'm column. I'm sorry. Don't watch Maybe. the original. <laughs> Because I watched I the original, I and that one actually kind of freaked me out a little bit. I, I was like, so, Ooh. <laughs> Ouija boards, number one fear. Number two fear is Bloody Mary. And this is essentially Bloody Mary. Yeah, and it is. This was this was a very hard watch. And I first saw it in theaters um, because it was Jordan Peele. And I'm just yeah, like, oh, this it. is fine. Like, I can do this. And I could not. I was... Well, I, he, he co-wrote it with Nia DaCosta. Yeah. Nia, Nia DaCosta directed it and then he produced it. Mm. And this is her first movie. Like second. Uh, this was her it's debut. Her second or yeah, her second movie. Feature. Her first like um debut. It? Uh like studio movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, the first told- one we have actually reviewed already <laughs> on the podcast. Um Little Woods with Tessa Thompson. Um, and she does like thriller stuff, but this is her her second movie, and she actually had been writing it for a while, and so it was pretty cool because like she essentially, what I didn't know about this movie is that it's actually a sequel and not mm. just like spiritual a spiritual sequel movie. technically, yeah. Um, and so yeah, so for the podcast, like I'd already seen the movie, but I was like gonna rewatch it, and so I decided to also this week watch the original Candyman, um which is it's so good for those of you that like scary movies it is amazing um but yeah whitney don't watch it because it did freak me out a little bit (laughs) i I had absolutely no plans to so yeah that's easy um but it did answer because i know when i watched it the first time i had like questions and then i watched it the original one and every question that I had was like answered so I was like oh, okay now I understand like that if I had known because I don't know I'm gonna be honest the marketing department kind of failed on this 
You think? Really? Yeah, because they made it I, seem like it was good its own enough. standalone movie. And so, well, like, okay. no one went back. Like, anyone that isn't already a Candyman fan, like, would have never known. Me. that That's me. I I watched it because they did do such a good job that, first of all, I didn't even know that there was a first one until after I left the theater. Well, um, I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I they did a bad job at connecting it to the rest of them it's especially so, since the storyline is directly correlated to the original it's not supposed to be though like when i said it's a spiritual sequel like that is in the words of um nita costa and jordan field um uh because there is a Candyman two and yeah there's three. a two and a three and so that is not, all around the same yeah. like person which is the story of Helen, who is told in this Candyman 2021. Gotcha. Like, I will, the puppets. They tell even, a story yeah. in the beginning. That's the, when With the, the Rottweiler. like, oh, let me hear a mm-hmm. scary story. Yeah, that's the original Candyman. And it's interesting because in this movie, the way that the brother tells the story is from the perspective of, like, um, the outside and not actually like what actually happened to Helen so if you watch the first one it like dives into a little bit more like they don't call it Candyman or anything like they say like oh yeah people think it's connected to Candyman and so it like it's kind of the exploration of like the lore but still told from the perspective of someone that does not believe in Candyman and does not think that Candyman like exists and I was like that's interesting Hmm. I'm not gonna watch it. But I did think I did think it was uh, a standalone movie. Like yeah, watching so did I. beginning to end. That I mean that was probably the reason that I saw it was because it was um a peel movie. I thought it was a standalone. I didn't think I need context going into it. And then I got into the theater, found that it was far too scary, and I was scared <laughs> into my seat and I couldn't move. Um and I had gone with someone, um, anyways. Uh, and they're actually the ones who who told me that um, at the end, as we were walking out, like, oh, yeah, it's a sequel. And it makes so much sense if if you watched it. And I'm like, it really I'm, does. <laughs> I've got no questions. I've got no questions that would make me watch that first film. I mean, this was That's a so good standalone film. Because a lot of people had the opposite. They're like, I have so many questions. Like, I'm not sure if I like the movie. And then they found out it was a sequel. And then they watched the sequel. And we're like, oh. So... <laughs> The okay, I like a lot of the critic reviews were that yeah. they had questions. The only question that I have that you actually might be able to help me out with is why did Candyman kill the kids? Which kids? So you had uh, all the white girls in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and then you had um, the little girl in the bathroom, and her brother wanted to go in, and then. And then the bad guy was just like, oh, um, there's a witness. And then that's when he made his move on Anthony. Oh, that's, they had all summoned Candyman. Yeah. Like they all, like, set the stuff in the mirror. So so it, is, it it doesn't matter who it is, like, as long as you summon Candyman. Yeah. Because the, <laughs> the way that the story reads, just as a standalone, mm-hmm. is Candyman is, um, it's... It's it's all about like um, gentrification and the violence mm-hmm. of um, the white um, the white population over the black population and the inequality of all. It, it, it's a social film, 
Um, yeah. And, and it's the not, original it's not one is very much the same. Yeah. And well, and it, and it's not it's not subtle about it either. Mm-mm. So when you're when you're talking about you know the white abuse of power, um, you saw it with the um, gallery owner. Um, mm-hmm. You saw it with like the cops, the, the critic, the art critic, and the art critic. Um, and then you have like these just random, fairly innocent kids um, who also get murdered. And I just the the I I just chalk it up to like you know it's building the mythos of Candyman. Yeah. But at the Which same it's time supposed to because essentially Candyman is supposed to be like you don't talk about Candyman. Candyman is who we blame like for like all of the bad things is what people think that Candyman is. And then Candyman mm-hmm. is supposed to be the thing that keeps you from doing the bad thing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like cuz in the first one, uh there's one kid and they're they when Helen is interviewing because she's doing like a thesis um like just sociologically about like the folklore and how it becomes part of a community and embedded in a community so she mm-hmm. hears about Candyman and goes and explores this cabrini green community and she's like okay well let me like explore why this community is just so like afraid of Candyman. like why mm-hmm. are they so afraid of him and it's because everyone's talking about Candyman, and they have all these stories and different people who like summoned him and like they died and all that mm-hmm. stuff um but yeah, like he's always been like he'll kill whoever summons him, which is why they don't do that. But then mm-hmm. in the original one, there's like a kid and they specifically have a conversation where she's like, well, can you do this for me? Can you like go over and like talk to so-and-so and ask them to like bring me back? She's like, I just want like a photo or something like that. Like it's like a chill, like random like favor. And he's like, mm-hmm. no, I can't do that. If I go over there, Candyman will get me. And like it is supposed to scare like it's like like the folklore of like the mm-hmm. the like peter okay not peter pan the pied piper you know like yeah. like don't do the thing otherwise he's yeah. gonna get you kind of a thing. Uh-huh. and then it embedded itself into the community to the point where like in this modern day manifestation of it the things that have happened like candy man is not just one person as they say he says mm-hmm. like it's the whole damn high mm-hmm. <laughs> it's now become this like collective thing of okay, so now we've just been, like, completely mistreated and all of those people still exist, like, within our collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so Candyman Man has now evolved into being what he is in this movie. The okay. 2021 version. But, like, he still gets summoned and will kill people. Like, mm-hmm. that never changed. <laughs> okay, so, see, see, that makes sense. But yeah. just simply as a standalone movie, it was odd. Yeah, um, I was like, that was a question that a lot of people had. I was like, well, I watched the original one finally, and it made sense. I It made sense in the fact that it was building the mythos. Yeah. But the social commentary that they have going throughout the film was more prevalent than the mythos of it. Yeah. So. And also, the baby that Helen, like, if you watch the puppet thing, mm-hmm. the baby and all of that stuff, like, the main character is the Anthony. baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't get that the first time I watched it because I was like, okay, like, like I, I found out like later. Oh, really? Maybe like when they said like in the thing and he like goes to talk mm-hmm. to his mom and he's like, apparently I was born like not on the south side. Like I thought yeah. I was born on the south side. And then she's like, no, like she took you and whatever. Like I was like, I just thought it was like a separate incident. 
and that he was connected because like oh they had heard about the story and that's why that one dude was trying to find him and i was like no he was like always supposed to be candy man which mm-hmm. is also what helen was supposed to be which she became and so i was like that makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. i it, it that part always made sense to me um i that was that that was fairly clear cut for me um but interesting like i said my only my one question was just tonally killing the innocent kids was an odd choice I guess it's just excuse if this is probably definitely from like a black person perspective. I was like, if he wasn't the baby, it didn't make as much sense that he was just like going along with it the whole time. Like mm. the whole like because like I'm sorry, there's literally an entire movie about how black people don't deal with supernatural stuff. They just say, the nope. brother. The um uh, <laughs> you, you know they're like nope. Brianna's brother, like, yeah. We're not playing with it. Like that's not mm-hmm. thing. Like I'm gonna tell you the story, but I ain't trying to summon no anything like so i was like why would he do that (laughs) like why on earth would he summon Candyman? like even as a joke like even in the original one the the lady is best friends and working on the same thesis with a black woman and the black woman's like i'm not saying his name Mm -hmm. like so i was like why why did anthony say it like why did he do that like what kind of black person does that weirdo and then i was like oh okay the fact that he's the baby and is connected to, to Candyman makes a little bit more sense. I was like, all right, okay, now I get it. That explains a little bit why he was like always kind of like in this weird trance thing because Candyman mm-hmm. is a trance and all of that stuff. And I was like, okay, now I can excuse that he called Candyman. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, what kind of love is this? Someone in a freaking mirror demon. You should know better. Nope. <laughs> exactly. Want to know the response you're supposed to have? I thought essentially. I just I thought um, it was all uh, part of part of what lent it to being a standalone was the whole movie was like a play um, on local legends and stuff, like the razor mm-hmm. blades in the candy, yeah. the um, Candyman being. Um, bloody mary and i figured that there were probably other references in there that i just didn't get because i i don't oh and the hook hand Mm -hmm. um that was like another one um like the local legends and the scary stories you tell at sleepovers or around the campfire yeah um i thought i thought those were just kind of all woven together um to make the standalone film um so maybe that was also why I just didn't have <laughs> as many questions. That's that's cool. Honestly, that would have been a very cool. Like honestly, if they just made a standalone movie where they just combined a bunch of urban legends, like that'd be mm-hmm. kind of dope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd hella watch that. <laughs> I mean, this one's halfway there, so yeah, I, mean, it's really I will. Cool. According to me, it is there, but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really like this movie. Did you like the movie, like, just overall? No. <laughs> it was Like, if lit. it wasn't scary, did you, like... Okay, just... yeah, if you if you take out the scary aspect, yes. Um, okay. It, it was good. I, I did rate it high. Mm. Um, the cinematography was good. The moral, the Dude, themes. I can't wait to see her Marvel movie, like, when she has got, like, big, big money. 
Because, like, uh, opening it upside down, the upside down, like, of the cityscape was so cool. And then it just, like, turns back because it, like, totally played on the whole, I like, oh. I really remember that. It's amazing. Okay, so they, like, open it up with, like, the Candyman, like, title sequence thing. And then from there, you see, like, all the names pop up. That entire part is just, like, it's almost like an upside down drone shot of just the tops of buildings. But it's literally, like, someone looking up at the sky mm. and then when it comes down the camera literally turns around and then focuses on the brother walking with the boyfriend okay and i was like bro that's yeah dope yeah my so my number one dislike was that it was too scary my number one like was the mirror shots it was so um good. so I, yeah i mean like i said cinematography that opening shot all the different mirror shots um I think she did really, really well. I think the, it's really interesting, too, that she did use all of the mirror shots like she did. Because, mm-hmm. like, a big thing that we often say about, like, horror is that there's, like, gratuitous violence against, like, women and people of color. And so it was really neat that, like, you didn't actually, like, see any of the physical violence, like, happening. Like, you just saw the aftermath of it. And any of the actual violence that did happen happened in reflections or like mm-hmm. around the actual action of the, the like violence. And yeah. I was like, that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially if it's a movie that does talk a lot about black trauma. Like that, that's a great touch. I so okay, I do wanna my my likes, I've pretty much all gone over, but I do wanna read all my dislikes in order. Because I think it's kind of funny because they're all almost so all of them except for the last one are all things that people really like and are all things that you've pretty much said that you've liked too. Oh, wow. uh, <laughs> so as someone who does not like horror at all in the least bit, my top dislikes of this film were that it was too scary. Uh, the bees. I'm now terrified of bees because of this movie. Um, all the body horror. So the makeup amazing it was too Dude. lifelike for me yeah when his freaking skin was the hive i was what? i can't Mm-mm. 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 uh the bee sting uh that nope um and it's how it kept getting worse and worse uh it was done too well <laughs> yes too it was done it, it was it was done too well um my next dislike is the soundtrack which is also on my like list um, I don't like it because it made it scarier, and um, I just I typically don't like that type of music. It just in general kind of like puts me too much on edge and takes me out of the movie because now I'm just so focused. Now you're trying to think about not music. being scared. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and my last dislike is that there's no Chicago accents in this movie. <laughs> You have That's a fairly fair. large That's cast fair. There in not Chicago one mention and of... no accent. Not even yeah. from a side character. That's funny. That is true. Yeah, you can almost completely forget that this movie takes place in Chicago. I don't even think the original one had Chicago accents either. I don't think about it. Because <laughs> they actually I, used a lot they... of the audio from the original one. Like when he's listening to the, the audio like samples, like those are mm-hmm. literally ripped from the movie. The baby cry is from the first movie. Just scary. Also, yeah. fun fact about since you were talking about the bees, they used real bees in the first one, and um, mm-hmm. 
Tony Todd, I think was his name, the actor that played the original Candyman. Um, he like negotiated basically to get like a crap ton of money every time he got stung by a bee on set. So yeah. he walked away from that first movie with like a shit ton of money. I think it was twenty three thousand. <laughs> he literally had bees in his mouth. Yeah. What in the crap, man? I mean, it's smart. That's dedication. It's smart. Yeah. I wouldn't have done that. That's disgusting. Oh, I mean, I would no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have put the bees in my mouth. But I mean, the fact that he could negotiate that, and the, the fact that they gave it to him, the fact that they gave it to him, a black yeah. man at that mm-hmm. at that time, like, dang, you go. Those early nineties, yeah. I can't remember. I'm looking up. I think it's ninety two. I want to say yeah, early nineties. Mm-hmm. Which so just like black people getting anything from mm-hmm. the film industry is kind of like a win. So yeah. <laughs> Um, but since we are talking about money, and while you're looking that up, yeah, the budget 92. for this film, yeah, I thought so. But the budget for this film was 25 million, which is fairly standard for a horror movie. Um, and it ended up making 77.4 million, so it got uh, three like three times um, the amount it took to make it. Uh, so it was a pretty, pretty big success. Sure she broke. She did. She um, she became like, the first black female filmmaker to have a movie opening at first place at the box office. Mm-hmm. Like wow. Mm-hmm. Her second movie ever. That's just amazing. You know, like wow, that's great. And like she just got a shot because Jordan Peele was like, you know what? That's kind of cool. Like I'm down to help you out. Like. Mm-hmm. He well, he was down to (laughs) yeah. He was he was actually supposed to direct um, the film, Um, and I don't know how he he ended up choosing Nia to take over, but um, he that's uh, it's it's good that she did Mm -hmm. because now she's doing the Marvels, and that one's got like a hundred million plus for the budget. Right? There's I I have like what a win! Mm -hmm. What a win! There's um. There's a director, and um, he's. Oh, I really wish if I. I really wish I could remember his name, but um, he uh, was very. He he usually did a lot of low budget films, um, a lot of on set effects. Um, he didn't use a lot of post uh, effects, and um, just made these amazing films. And when I say big name director, I mean like he's uh, like up there with Stanley Kubrick and Hitchcock and. Um, stuff like that. Um, and when they finally gave him a big budget, um, he made this shitty film. Terrible. It was like one of his worst <laughs> films. And when critics asked him afterwards, they're like, what happened? Like, you've got this great track record. Where did this come from? And he said, it's because I had money. Because I had money, I just threw money at the problems and created I, like, more problems. I know who you're talking about, too. I can't think of exactly right <laughs> oh my goodness that's um, fine we'll figure it out later as soon as yeah. we stop recording yeah, um, it doesn't matter i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah he said when he had a smaller budget he had to get more creative and that's where a lot of his um onset yeah. effects came from and that's why it all looks so good mm-hmm. um so i i've seen it happen to other directors where they did small budget films, um, indie films, beautiful, gorgeous, amazing films. And then as soon as they get a big studio behind them, 
or money um, behind them. It's they make a good film. It's entertaining, but <laughs> it's nowhere close to what they had been making before. Mm-hmm. Yep, we shall see. I think it comes out twenty twenty three. Okay, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so those were your dislikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I pretty much um, said all my likes. Uh, okay. Mirror shots. You don't need to see the other films because it's a standalone if you're too scared to watch the originals. <laughs> um, I really like the moral and themes with the social commentary that they had. Yeah. Uh, it was very on the nose, but it didn't, it didn't take away from the film at yeah. all. It, I it thought added. it was funny, actually, because I was listening to someone else. They were reviewing it, and they're like, yeah, it was, like, really on the nose. And then they also brought up the fact that, like, they literally say that about his art in the in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, they do. Oh, well, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's um, literal. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, it all plays into the, like, the mythos of Candyman. It's, it's the whole yeah. reason he's there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The soundtrack was great. It got me scared when I was supposed to be scared. <laughs> um, I like the play on urban legends, and yeah. I love really like the puppetry. Like that was yeah. a nice touch. That was that was really cool. Um, and then my last like was the uh, character of Brianna, the sister, or not mm-hmm. the sister. Well, yeah, I mean she was the sister, but she's also the girlfriend of Anthony. Yeah, no, she was cool. I would mm-hmm. totally watch a movie just based on her. Mm-hmm. And like, just like if they were to make another one connected to this movie, like if she was the main character, that would be so cool because she also has had all this like weird trauma in her life. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like, hmm, how would that manifest now that she mm-hmm. is also connected to Candyman? Dude, I like the end where she's just like when she's in the cop car and she's like, Dude. "Let me see my reflection," and they're like, yep. "Oh, what a vain person!" And they finally show it her her reflection and then uses Candyman to just kill them all. Mm, yeah, because she like she says four of them, but he says the fifth one, and so he kills all of them. And then he goes tell everyone, and it's like, yeah. Mm. And we get Tony Todd mm-hmm. at the manifestation of that version of Candyman that she sees when he says tell yeah. everyone. Yep, it's awesome. But yeah, this is probably one of my favorite like horror movies. Like the first one is like insane. It's mm-hmm. really interesting, like how because like essentially in the first one, Candyman is so mythical. He's basically its own like religion, and so that's why in this one, when he talks about like he brings them to like that rundown church to make Candyman like his thing and he goes like I was baptized here and he's like don't forget the sacrament and like pulls the candy out and he's talking in like all these like hyper religious terms I was like mm-hmm. oh, so good um but I was like oh it's a direct correlation to like the first one because that Candyman like he is like he talks about like his congregation and like his followers and like all of that stuff and so I really liked that touch kind of wish there was a little bit more of it to be honest um i also love that actor i know most people mm-hmm. probably recognize him from like euphoria uh but yeah the acting was absolutely amazing i feel bad sometimes with the main actor the guy that played anthony because i know he played like black black manta manta ray whatever in yeah a, black in manta. Um, aquaman mm-hmm. but i feel like he just keeps getting like all these like roles in these like movies that are like not good 
<laughs> and I'm yeah. like, no, give him better movies. So like, I will always watch this one. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. Um, yeah. I yeah, I really like this movie. I do like that they don't show any of the violence against black people. I think it's interesting that only white people die. Uh, no, the little black girl died in the bathroom. No, she didn't. She's the only survivor. No, no, no. The other, the other one with the brother who wanted to go into the bathroom to play with his sister. Oh, but that was his memory. Was it? Yeah, that was the memory of the guy that, of the dude that like traps him in the church. That's oh, I did not get that. I thought <laughs> that's those, his I experience thought, with candy. Oh, okay. No, I totally thought that those were like actual kids, like modern day. Oh, at the time of the story, kids. <laughs> And I think it's super interesting like because it came out in 2021, which is super, super closely related to so many prominent like stories about violence against black people, like just in especially our modern day cops, media, yeah. especially from the cops. Um, and so it was interesting to kind of end the movie the way that it ended with like kind of handyman being almost like an anti-hero like savior of this community Mm -hmm. um in the way that like they were able to weaponize Candyman against their like oppressors which is interesting um but then also that like Candyman you just like the story of Candyman and the original is that it's it is born out of the injustices done to black people and um I think it's even cooler because the puppetry at the end when it cuts to the credits after he says like tell everyone those are all stories of like real life situations of actual people like IRL in real life Mm -hmm. like not as like a part of the script like real life people um that were just you know murdered for Mm -hmm. literally or like lynched basically for no reason yeah so yeah I like that she was able to kind of like put it all in there without it being like Mm re-traumatizing and without like showing so much like violence against black people and kind of having like a little bit of like a redemption. Like even if it is Candyman, like yeah, he's not like a hero. He's like literally a villain and like evil. But like the the consciousness and like the storytelling of Candyman now being intertwined with all of that and mm-hmm. even like the evil guy being like oh we need Candyman because all this bad stuff keeps happening to us it's the same thing like over and over and over again and then like bringing him back for that reason just because they're like okay well yeah he may kill like everyone and like you know have no discrimination against like who he kills but at least we have something that is keeping people from doing like these specific things yeah <laughs> and i was yeah. like that's crazy because like i feel like it also kind of like tells just the story of a community that's so desperate for some type of justice because no one is protecting them that they would go and rather have and be in danger than mm-hmm. have the people that are supposed to protect them murdering them you know yeah It's, it's, it's all so beautifully tied in. Um, and you don't even have to like, you don't even have to think about it because mm-hmm. like we've been saying, it's all on the nose. 
So you can't misread it. You can't get some um, white proud boy guy saying like, oh, that's not what they were talking about. Because like they just so clearly state it. Yeah, and you're just kind of like, you didn't watch the same movie I watched, if that's what you're Yeah, like, the entire conversation he has with the art critic, like, is Mm -hmm. so good. And I really, I really wish more people actually, like, talked about this in movies. Because I feel like they don't. It helped, too, that uh, Cabrini Green is real. Like, everything that happened in the movie that they were talking about happened in real life. Like, Cabrini Green was government housing. It was... um, uh like the slums as far as i've heard um and then it came in got gentrified and everything that they were saying happened in the movie it happened in real life mm-hmm. um so if it yeah. it's one of those times where it's not so much art imitating life no it's not life imitating art it's art imitating life yeah and i think it's like it's kind of i feel like they touched on like a very specific thing that they don't touch on in a lot of movies that are about gentrification like because you'll have like the ones like um like in the heights uh stuff like Mm -hmm. that and like west side story and how they're Mm -hmm. like yeah well like we're all here we want to save like our community whatever but they don't talk about like just the money behind it and what ends up happening and i like they brought that in like immediately yeah literally they bring it in she goes well white people built the ghetto and then didn't like it and then like and then they're like yeah and then they bring in other people and then the the white the white brother or soon to be brother-in-law probably the Mm -hmm. white uh boyfriend just goes oh like here and they're just like all right yeah chill dude yeah (laughs) holy that's so funny but then like the art critic starts talking about she's like oh well like it's very it's very like your kind and he's like excuse me and she goes artists Mm mm-hmm yeah mm-hmm. well and with the gallery owner too um when anthony's just like this is what i want to paint i want to paint um this struggle in like this area that i'm familiar with um and he's like yeah Ooh, that's just so overdone can is there somewhere else you want to do that with and he's like what about cabrini green and he's like oh that's so much better <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so annoying but like yeah that's like always the response and mm-hmm. it's just like like when he says like who do you think built the ghetto like they literally build the ghetto and then kick everyone out and then invite people that are poor and that are like innovators to basically redo all of it just to live there for like cheaper mm-hmm. like they essentially rebuild the entire economy from scratch just by living there all they do is invite them to live there they don't pay them any extra they just invite them to live there and they live there for a little bit less than they would be in like the high-rise already like established rich neighborhood and then maybe they'll give you a whole foods <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was dying i was like yeah, yeah that's literally what happens and like they don't talk about that enough about mm-hmm. how they will literally be like oh and i mean like low-key we see that happening like every day like even where I live like people will be like oh well they're building like low-income housing next to me and I don't want low-income housing next to me and we're just like what do you think would happen if people could afford to live in a place like if they could afford to live in a place it means there's less homeless people around Mm -hmm. less homeless people around means that you can spend more of your money on like beautification of like whatever that also Mm -hmm. means that people that are actually able to like afford living somewhere can afford to use the money that they would have been 
trying to use to pay for a more expensive rent to actually like contribute even more to the economy like going to mm -hmm. work and going to like you can't get a job unless you have an actual place of residence you yeah. can't like do a lot of stuff unless you have an actual place of residence so once you have a place of residence like oh now i can get a job now that i'm making money i can contribute to the economy like what i don't understand why people are so against that it's like because they're like, vain. it doesn't make any sense yeah, they're vain <laughs> and like, they want yeah, to say they're, they're you know, raining they their classes. Mm -hmm. They are racist, and it's just like, yeah, that that's fine. Call it what you want. It's still this. That's still what you're doing. You're still mm -hmm. discriminating against people for how they look, etc. It's like so dumb. Anyway, go vote November eighth, <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> Um, yeah, I do, this is kind of on the topic of the movie, but just in general, I really like that, like, I know it, it was a thing earlier on in the history of film where, like, horror was kind of used as, like, a societal construct, mm -hmm. um, societal construct as a societal commentary. Okay, I thought that's where you were um, going, like, but I was gonna wait. <laughs> with, like, a, was it Night of the Living Dead? right with the and that's then, where the black man lives at the end and then the, yeah yeah well he's the only survivor of like the zombies but then the government kills him mm -hmm. and it's yep. crazy it's so sad but like i really like that we're kind of getting back to that because i feel like mm -hmm. we haven't gotten like there is that just span in like the 2000s where it was just like horror for horror's sake and like tricks and stuff you know mm -hmm. Because it's like well, cheaper yeah. and it's easier to make a horror movie. Exactly. Exactly. Than it is to make any other type of movie because a lot of it is what you don't show. And so you don't have to spend a lot of money working on that. You just like write a story and a script and like it can sell pretty easily. And you can make a bunch of them without really having to change much because of like a formulaic whatever. And like, mm -hmm. you know, there are like the few that we got that are like really good. Like Scream is really good. You've got um like Jennifer's Body, which Honestly, that one tanked mm. at the time, but like it's great now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you you know, you get like some of those, but I really like that right now, like we are getting a lot of the societal commentary again within the like artistic form of horror. Like you've got Lovecraft Country, you have Nope, you have Lovecraft like, Country is amazing. Get out. You've got um Nope. There's more. Us. <laughs> Not just by Jordan Peele. <laughs> Okay, Jordan Peele like, is kind of fresh. the only scary movies that I can watch. Yeah. Basically. I mean, not the only, because I do watch others, but... Mm -hmm. But, like, you've got Fresh, you've got Promising Young Woman, you have all these, like, great horror stuff that's coming out that's, like, actually doing what horror should be. Mm -hmm. Even, like, Fear Street. I remember talking about how, like, even just the whole idea of like, oh, there's this entire community that is cursed and shouldn't be. And then they come to find out that it's not a curse. It's actually like physical, like actual action being taken against them in like a spiritual mm -hmm. form from the white guy that's blaming it on the like poorer part of his town and on women the whole time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like that is 
that is what the real horror is. <laughs> That's the true horror. Um, so yeah, I just think it's, I really like that we get to see a lot of that now. And I really hope we continue this like trend of like really, really like good um, commentative filmmaking. Mm -hmm with like mm -hmm. horror because just because it's such an interesting way to like premise it all it's it's less of like a like because you can always make like a comedy and call it like satire and stuff like that and it can be on the nose but if you like making it in the way of like a horror story it's just so i don't know it just it you'll different. get a wider audience too um because like with That's satire true. and comedies people um have a lot of assumptions about it and typically just because comedy is so hard to write um because it is yeah. one of the hardest genres to write um it's not always done well and it's harder to put in that social commentary without it being cheesy and even if you call it satire it's hard to do right because um yeah it's, it's a very fine line between making fun of it and then making it a point um yeah. But with horror, it's such a larger community. You reach a whole lot more people um, of all ages and demographics. Um, and it's just easier to share and spread that that message. Um, mm -hmm. and so, I feel like the, the roots of horror have always been in talking about the oh, like, they have. outside mm -hmm. or like on the edge. Like, people. Mm -hmm. like even when it comes to like gay community and like werewolves and like vampires and like just all of that. It's, mm -hmm. it's always been sexuality. That. Yeah. And it's just like it's nice to to like really see it becoming like popular again, mm -hmm. or I guess not popular, but like I mean I could deal with less and talked but about I like what as that. <laughs> um, that's just yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite things ever. Um, yeah, so I guess. I don't have anything else to say about the movie. I mean, I probably do, but like, I'm not going to because <laughs> we yeah. should get going. Um, FMF. FMF or rate? Which one? Let's um, let's do FMF. Yeah. I can't yeah. think of. Oh, I mean, you've got Anthony, obviously, and then you've got um, the brother and his boyfriend, and then you've got the bad guy. Um, let me pull up the names. It's the art gallery guy. Oh. Hey. Mm -hmm. That was so gross. It was. Just him. He was in weird. general, just him. And the fact that, like, like everyone acknowledged, even he ha acknowledged um, the fact that he, like, just sleeps with all the interns. Yeah, that was gross. I mean, you can do Anthony, the brother Troy. William, I think those were for me. Those were oh, the yeah, top, Burke. top three, or the most screen time. Should I say? Yeah, those are the ones with the most screen time for sure. Yeah. Um, I'll go first. Probably fuck Anthony, Mary Troy. And then friend zone William. I'd probably marry Anthony. Uh, 
screw William and just be legitimate actual best friends with, yeah. with Troy. Like we would we would be friends in real life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's not even he's not in the friend zone. I don't know what that is, but LOL, the friend zone. Quote, quote. Well, okay, so because also like he's not into me either. So like I don't know, man. That's fair. I feel like it'd be fine. Maybe anyway, okay, hold on. I think I'd I change it. I think I'd So just to have as minimum time with William overthinking this all of course but to have minimum time with William the bad guy I'd fuck <laughs> him I'd still marry Troy um because I think because I'd rather because then he like we'd have a lot more fun together in general mm -hmm. and then I'd friend zone Anthony because friends have your back and as Candyman he'd have my back yeah and like I'm married to him hmm and I'm just I couldn't with your husband. I couldn't deal with the bees. <laughs> couldn't deal with the bees. Or the body horror. <laughs> We're protected. <laughs> we are we are fully protected here. Yeah. Yeah. All backs are covered. <laughs> mm hmm That's funny. So um what would you rate the movie then? As scary as it was, um, I still gave it a seven. I rated it high because it is good. It's a good film. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. It has um, great moral, great themes, great cinematography, soundtrack. Um, it scared me like it was supposed to. Um, unfortunately, I will never probably watch this again after watch along that everyone should tune into. Um, yes. But yeah, it's I, like I said, I rated it high. It's good. I'm not gonna watch it again. Yeah, it's really good. Like it's it's up there. I said it's probably one of my favorites, but like it yeah. I mean, even just in general of being like a movie, there are some of the things that are like confusing a little bit, like especially walking away from it the first time being like, what? <laughs> a little mm -hmm. bit, just kind of like, wait, I'm confused. So I'd probably give it like a Maybe like an 8.5 just because like I feel like that could have been a little bit clearer um, mm -hmm. and like there's yeah just little rules I guess mm -hmm. I was just like oh it's connected to this movie and those questions still being kind of like open-ended kind of made it a little confusing so there's that I mean, I obviously really like the themes and the morals that they're talking about in the story and how they tell it. Um, and they do it in such a way, she does it in such a way that it's like, it's fresh, it's really creative and interesting and fits so well with the story. And then also does it without like re-exploiting people in the mm -hmm. way that like historically is done in a lot of horror movies that are done by people with a different perspective aka white men um and so yeah i really i really like that and i think more people should watch it and be excited for more stuff for sure um so yeah i'd probably give it like an 8.5 definitely would love to see i would love if they continued this to be honest like i would i would watch it immediately and i yes, think you they should, should. i'm not gonna watch it <laughs> but i think they should continue it 
Yes, everyone should watch it just to watch Whitney watch a scary movie with us tomorrow. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm it's gonna be looking away opportunity. possibly a lot, Guys, but <laughs> you're gonna want to see it. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I think that's it for today. Mm-hmm. Really... Oh, uh, recommendations. Oh yeah, everything uh, I've mentioned mm-hmm. is recommended. <laughs> yeah i mean i don't watch scary movies so my recommendations were pretty much just anything by jordan peele um and the original candy man's so yeah i would highly recommend uh lovecraft country that is That's a tv a good show it is on mm-hmm. hbo max um it also features jordan peele as producer but even more so they actually got a bunch of black historians to do a lot of the like fleshing out of like the details of stories and stuff um so it's like chef's kiss it is amazing i didn't know one of my favorite tv shows out there right now um would highly recommend that Mm -hmm. yeah he's one of the producers of that one um i would also recommend i would recommend evil um and that one i think what is it i think it's on it's either apple tv or paramount paramount one of those two uh but it's got the guy that played luke cage and it's really interesting because he plays like a priest and then there's this lady that is a like a psychologist that diagnoses like um oh my gosh what is it called when they diagnose like schizophrenia and like a really interesting like behavioral things like that Mm -hmm. i can't remember what it's called um but she's that kind of a doctor and she's like a really well-known one and so basically they end up working together to try and like see uh they take on these different cases of like okay well do we think this is a medical thing or is it like a spiritual thing because in the show the church like can't send a priest to do an exorcism unless they've ruled out all possible like medical Mm -hmm. things similar to the exorcist and so it's like really interesting just to see it. and it actually is kind of scary like it scared me so like like it scared me and i wasn't scared when i watched hereditary by myself in the dark so like it's a little creepy mm-hmm. but it's good it's really good and really interesting if you are like a horror person um yeah i feel like i'm recommending a lot of tv instead of like movies but i feel like we mentioned a lot of movies so like we did yeah we did most of which i haven't seen yeah um but another plug to watch um on discord with us tomorrow is the fact that Candyman isn't streaming um for free on any of the major platforms so if you watch on discord with us uh we're renting it so you you don't have to yeah just kidding you you were helping us oh that's true with the patreon this movie you're bringing the film to others yeah, it's a collective. We're all splitting it. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I watch and it with you a group of people, it won't be as scary. And, and you, you get, get stickers. stickers. You get really cute stickers. Really cute stickers that I personally made with my own two hands. Mm-hmm. It did cause me physical pain because I do not have a normal mouse. I had to use a mouse pad. And I don't know if I've ever used Illustrator, but for those of you that have, it is hard to use Illustrator and design with a mouse pad so i'm just putting that out there i did this for you 
for you all. So come and join us on Patreon and Discord so we can have a lot more of these fun movie things. And yeah, um, I think that's all we have for today. So definitely tell us what you'd like thought about this movie. If you've seen it, if you haven't seen it, come join us um, on Discord and watch it with us. Uh, we can't wait to see what the discourse is about this movie uh, with a larger audience. Um, we'll do Team Serena, Team Whitney. Who likes scary movies? Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll do we'll do two separate teams. <laughs> um, yeah, and then you know we're always always wanting recommendations and um, just you know we always want to talk about movies regardless of if it fits into the category for our podcast or not, you can always DM us um, on Instagram or TikTok at Femnoir Podcast. Um, we're also on YouTube and we'll start using that a little bit more frequently. We definitely did in season one, had to take a break for season two, but now that we're in season three, we're coming back with some more video content for you guys. Um, so feel free to interact with us there. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you guys so much and look forward to the next one. Bye. Bye.